Hello and welcome to Open All Lives, the QPR podcast. Uh, there are three of us on this podcast call currently. There's going to be a fourth. So there's me, there's David. The other two that are here currently, until we're joined by our fourth person, who is really the main, not even really, is the main attraction of the evening, but we'll come on to him in a minute. First up is Chris Charles. Hello. Hello, Chris. All good? Yes, good, thank you. Uh, after... Last week's insults from Finney. Um, my missus finally got the clippers out. She said it was like shearing sheep. So uh, there you go. I've had a haircut, especially for the occasion. So you no longer look like... You were accused of looking like Fred West, which is <laughs> not necessarily a politically correct uh, doppelganger. No, um, quite. And you now look like... I don't know. I can't think of something witty to say. Some old bald man, basically. Um... Also here, in what looks like a sort of American sports hoodie, and I want to know what that hoodie actually is, is Paul Finney. Hello. What it is, Ray, I was in Prague a few years ago, and it was freezing cold. So I brought uh, this grey orangey thing, which turns out to be New York Kicks or something. Kickers? Nick. Nick. New York Knicks? New York, yeah, OK, whatever. Yeah, Nick, that was it. And I've no idea, but it's very warm and it does a job and they sell them in Prague and there you go. There you are. Cold in your house tonight, is it? Well, do you know what? It's really weird. I never feel the cold, right? Never. Since I've had COVID, I'm freezing all the time. Fucking weird. How's your how's your like recovery been from that? I realise this is a football podcast, but I'm just interested. Well, well I don't know what, about six cr- weeks, six weeks since you had it, maybe? Well, I was uh, Chris was longer than recent than me, but I'm still struggling with no smell and other things. But um, it's just and, and the fatigue. You're knackered after you go up and down the stairs. I don't know how Chris is, but I'm fucked all the time. Over to you, Chris. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into the COVID podcast, but very briefly, yeah, uh, yeah, I get you. Yeah, the, the tired thing's still going on a bit, but everything else, Touchwood, seems okay. Um, my better half had it worse than me. Um, she was in bed for a couple of weeks, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just grateful to, 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 to that it was that it was mild as it was. I wouldn't advise anyone to get it. It's not that pleasant, but you know. Um, well, good. I'm that. pleased, and I think it's important to mention these things because, of course, loads of our listeners will perhaps have suffered from it, be dealing with it, be dealing with family members from it, and it is something that's t- sort of touching everyone. So I'm pleased to hear you guys are through it, and good luck and best wishes to anyone else that's listening that's having to experience any of it. Um, let's do some of the admin now I really enjoyed the podcast last week which I wasn't here for which was the Sean Derry podcast but you had one let's say black mark against your name which was thanking the sponsors now I'm sure the delirium of what was an amazing Sean Derry interview meant that it wasn't possible but i'm gonna make up for that now but to be um, fair david in yeah. chris's defense his phone died he asked me to do it i fell over something banged my head my headphones went up in the air they went behind the seat and knocked me beer over and quite frankly we were lucky to get out alive it, it it wasn't yeah it, it it wasn't sort of bbc news standards i think is fair to say um how many That's podcasts you presented- get chris eh? How many podcast presenters does it take to thank the sponsors? Well, the answer is three, because um, I'm going to do that now. So in all seriousness, these people really do help make the podcast happen. So thank you all very much. The beers tonight are from Torsten Raftgard, which I think I may have pronounced that incorrectly because it it's um i think it's a fan from scandinavia and it has some various accents over the name but thank you very much torsten rafgard and the sponsors of the podcast are ben and i think it's killian ben and killian ruhan they're age 16 and 10 and it's killian's 11th birthday on monday on the 28th so happy birthday guys happy birthday happy birthday Um, and sorry that chris messed it up for you last week (laughs) but you got two you got two for the price of one so there you go. And anyone else that also that does want to sponsor the podcast, 
um, please go to our website, it's qpr.co.uk. I think at the top, it's uh, there's a button where you can support the show. Click on that and it will take you through and tell you everything you need. And also, if you want to listen to any old episodes, including the brilliant episode last week, um, you can do so through the website. Now, I said there's a fourth person. The fourth person that's coming on needs no introduction, so I won't give them one. It's Charlie Austin. Yeah. Um, Charlie Austin is joining us on the podcast to talk us through the last sort of 10 days or whatever it is since he joined. His thoughts on um, the club, the goal against Luton, the game last night. Amazing scoop sorted out. I have to give him credit here by Chris Charles. Well done, Chris, on that. Um, That's called the shit sandwich, Chris. In one hand, they praise you. In the other hand, he has a go at you for being crap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would would take Charlie Austin, getting getting Charlie Austin for interview any day if it meant we mispronounce the sponsor's name. So there you well go. Well said. Um, well done, Chris. Thank so you. Charlie's joining us um, in a few minutes, and we've got loads to ask, and we put it out on Twitter today, um, and, and we've got loads of questions back. Now, the nature of these things is always unpredictable because when we, in the olden times, when we would do podcast interviews, we would call the person and we would be in control when they join us. But since the Zoom revolution, we're now at like the, the, the mercy of when they click through to the link. So Charlie could be, he's currently due to join us in seven minutes time, but who knows? Um, he'll just pop in and then we will go on to him. But before then, let's talk about what has happened since last week, which has only been one game because of course the Wiccan game got called off the weekend. Um, and there's a few like, bright or say Samuel related stories and various other things but the main thing we wanted to talk about before Charlie joined us was the game last night which has already resulted at the time of broadcast in the Cardiff manager getting the tic-tac as he did about half an hour ago I think Um, and of course uh, Willock scoring the winner for us um, in what was a let's say slightly turgid but ultimately very rewarding and happy night for us. Paul Hello. Come on, what did you think? Uh, look, well, I think to be fair, they did well to get the goal, to get the, the game on last night, to be perfectly honest with you. It was like horrendous conditions. And um, I had a funny feeling we'd win, so much so that I almost bet on us, but I never bet on QPR because I'm like a scud myself when I bet and think this goes wrong. So I didn't bet on us. I mean, one, don't understand why the Charlie Austin goal was disallowed, but hey ho, um, you know. Perfectly decent goal. Cost me 30 quid. I mean, bet as well, that one. Um, but you know what? We looked really good. And I'm really pleased that Willock got 90 minutes under his belt, scored a goal. And, you know, if he's going to replace um, Bright, then that's a really good way to start. And um, I think it's a, we said it last week, didn't we, um, Chris? It's amazing the difference one player can make to a side. But everyone seems to be a different player. I mean, apart from Cameron trying to get himself sent off about seven times last night, and probably the rain helped him because that tackle he put in, where he was, you know, he was very late. He probably in a normal game would have got himself sent off, but he obviously seemed to have something on his mind. Can't think what. Yeah, um, that was my daughter's theory. She said, uh, "Yeah, he's obviously, he's obviously a bit miffed that uh, it's Trump's last day." Weird, isn't it? But you yeah. know what? I mean, you cannot, you cannot, I cannot go to, to Chris without mentioning this. How could we not have played the Yang beforehand? I mean, Jesus wept. I mean, that that performance was just... If that was a premiership goalkeeper, it would have been all over Sky today, tomorrow and the next week. It was one of the best goalkeeper displays I've seen in a long, long time. What a secret to keep under your belt for all those seasons and then just release him now. It's a yeah, it's a weird one, but they obviously, um, you know, obviously put them, their faith in the two guys we've got. And to be fair, you know... You know, we were at the start. We were quite happy um, with him, um, but Dieng. I mean, maybe it's not such a bad thing. He goes, you know, because there's no guarantee he would have got into the team at that time. Send him on loan, get him a few games under his belt. I mean, that's what we did with Eze. He didn't do us any harm with that. That's what we did with Chair as well. So in some ways, I, it, you know, everyone benefit in hindsight. Yeah, he should have been in straight away. But yeah, he's amazing. And 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 our old goalkeeper deserves a mention as well for further kindly letting that one in. Um, good to see that he's still got Rangers on his mind. Um, yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a great game. We'll talk to Charlie about this loud goal in a minute, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only 
negative really was Carol um, out for three months. And to be honest, I thought we really missed him. Um, just that, I think, I think, you know, there's a few people been on his back, but I think especially the last few games, he's been more consistent and he gives you that little um, buffer between uh, midfield and attack, uh, sets up the, you know, keeps the play going. Um, so I, I thought we missed him particularly in the first half, but yeah, second half, no complaints about that. I mean, yeah, should have been two nil really. And um, yeah, we've got, um, we've got uh, old matey boy the sack for the second time in uh, two seasons. I think it is. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, I don't think we're very high on this Christmas list for next year. <laughs> very good. I mean, okay, so on Deng, it, it, like really interesting that you say that. Where have we been keeping him? This is this is all about opportunity, isn't it? Because it's not like he would have been absolutely tearing it up in training more than all the other keepers and four successive managers, I think. Because I think he was signed in the Hasselbank era. I could be wrong. It could have yes. been, but it was definitely Holloway onwards. You can't tell me that the three or four successive managers saw this incredible keeper miles better than the others and just decided to suppress him. No, they all obviously play at a certain standard, but you never quite know how someone's going to do until you give them the opportunity. And he's had the opportunity and he's grasped it. And his, he was like, it was brilliant last night, but it was also one of those displays. I don't know about you. I just thought he's not letting a goal in. They can throw whatever. Yeah. I, I yeah. felt really safe with him there. I didn't the feel other... that. I didn't feel like that in the, the last five minutes. To be fair, I, that, that seemed to go on for about three years. It's so sort, it's a... sort of two things at the same time. You're like really worried that they're going to score, but you also have this feeling deep down that nothing's going to get past the end. And, and that the makes... weird thing about it is, sorry, sorry, guys. Oh, weird... Sorry, mate. I love the haircut, but. I did cut over your bet, sorry, mate. The um the good thing is it's a bit dicky and Barbe much better as well. And that's that's a massive plus. Knowing that they've got him behind them seems to brought them on a wee bit, you know. I think anyways, don't you guys think? I think that hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Um the central defenders more than the fullbacks. Um Hammerline and I'm still not hundred percent convinced about. Um but yeah, of course, I, I think they panicked. After after we were sort of put over a barrel with um, with Bright uh, and Manning, and like they had immediately handed him a four year deal in case he became as good as them. You never know. You never know. Maybe he will do. Maybe if he gets mm. sent out on loan next season. But I wouldn't mind us seeing dipping into the loan market for a for a left back. To be honest. Yeah, that would that would make sense. And a central midfielder, which we were after the Fulham lad, aren't we? So they're obviously making the right decision. Probably could do with another fullback on the other side as well. Although Kane did have a better game at times. Yeah, I, mean, Kane, that fact... I was going to say, he, uh, when I say the fullbacks, up until last night, I, I, I've been a bit disappointed with him, but I thought he had a really good game last night. So, so fair play to him. And like That's you said, nice. maybe Charlie coming in has lifted all the players, apart from the, Bright, obviously. The pass, yeah. Well, it's lifted in the turkey. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the pass by Kane last week at Luton was actually sublime, actually. It was a. Oh, you've got yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what, what a difference it makes, David? At the last podcast, we're all sitting there going, oh, Jesus, we're going to League One. It's horrendous. It was so... And then last week with Derry, and then this week we've got Charlotte. It, it just seems that the clubs had a massive injection in the arm and everyone is benefiting. And it's just given the fan base such a lift. And by Christ, we needed it. We've had a dose of Charlie. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um... Just, I, I find this a bit weird how eight days ago the mob was out for Warburton and now, eight days later, two results, one signing, all of a sudden I'm seeing tweets, I'm seeing messages from people saying, you know, like, let's get behind the manager sort of thing. And I don't see how two results changes that. If if we thought he was a massive problem and didn't know what he was doing eight days ago, you have to still back that position, surely. Like, not enough has changed in eight days for that to be. Um, I, I also think on the keeper, which I haven't seen anyone mention, he's played for four managers. Only one of them gave Senny Deng the chance in the team. And he's only in the team because the current manager put him in there when no one else did. And so... Senny Deng is, 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 is getting the plaudits because Senny Deng is playing brilliantly. 
But it's also a manager, it's a brilliant move by the manager. But then like, we, weren't, no one, we no one's giving him the credit for that. We weren't sure three or four podcasts ago whether to whether Warburton should stay or go. And the main reason for for him for him for not making the change, I think, was that, that who else is there to replace him and the fear of like Tim Sherwood coming in. I don't um, think we've changed our position on it. I, I don't think know. most don't of us said he shouldn't be sacked. Yeah. And he shouldn't be sacked now. But that also doesn't mean he's necessarily the answer. But the answer is for now to stay with him. And yeah, most do, of do, us had that position three weeks ago. But you know what? I I I I being honest, I don't think uh, Charlie Austin was his decision. And I'm not just saying that. I honestly don't think it was. I think um I think he was brought in over the manager's head. It's interesting the club haven't given a new contract yet. It'll be interesting if that changes over the next three or four weeks. So it's not just the fans that have, have got to change the mindset, like you say, or have, some have, some haven't. The club aren't really battering the door down by what seems to be renewing his contract. But I still think that, you know, and judging by what uh, Charlie said, it seems that Tony Fernandez was the one that brought him back. But what's so, wrong with that? Nothing. I didn't say anything was wrong with it. I'm just saying that I'm not sure that Wolverton would have would have gone for that option, perhaps. And that's why it was maybe forced on him. I don't know. But the difference is, the fundamental difference from how we were a few weeks ago to how we are now is that we are actually scoring goals, whereas we weren't. We weren't then. And, and we, we were losing. And and I don't know if it's coincidence, but Bon looks like a different player now. I thought he had a decent... Who, sorry? Run. I didn't hear you Bon. Yeah. Bon, yeah, he's, a, yeah he's, he's, he's looking a lot sharper than he did few weeks ago a lot less um nervous if you like um and and i, I yeah I, I think i think charlie coming in I, you know you say one player can't make a difference but i think in this sense he has and and as you know galvanized the fans as well you crawler chris <laughs> just just as charlie pops up on the zoom you're saying what a difference he's made yeah. to the team so we are now joined by charlie austin charlie can you hear us all right yeah, I've got your chats. I'm just trying to sort out this. Uh, wait, two seconds. Yeah, here we go. Hey. Got your chaps. How are you? Very good. How are the you, last, Charlie? Charlie, just um, the last time I seen you, you won't remember, but I was giving you your wedding flowers. I was a florist that did your wedding. Oh, was your ball? Yep. So just to let you know, I was that man. Oh, top wow. Thank you very much. Now, obviously, as, as every good man is honest, it was... Uh, was it my choice? That was the good ladies. <laughs> I know, and um, I'm not the florist, uh, the wife is. But there you go. Lovely, <laughs> it looked like you had a lovely day, and you were enjoying yourself. And that's good to see, big man. And correct, it to, correct. And it's good to now, have you back. Can I ask a bit of a mundane footballer question? I'm just yeah. fascinated by this. Everyone in the quote-unquote real world has to like live their life through Zoom mm-hmm. at the moment. I have just spent an entire day on various calls. How much has that come into your life as a footballer? Uh, about an hour ago, I just spent about an hour and a half on two. Like, uh, and, and is that football-related meetings or like management stuff? And... No, that stuff was just uh, a personal um, meeting with odds checker. Um, All right. Okay. That was what that was. Um, <laughs> but no, meetings-wise, like with Matt Gardner, for example, at... QPR, he does like the team in not individual meetings, but uh, midfielders, defenders, forward meetings, and um, yeah, it's, it's a lot on this this kind of stuff. Mm. Charlie, how does it feel to be back here, and why? I mean, you played for Burnley, you played for Southampton, further back Swindon, but QPR seems to be the club in your heart, your wife's heart, your kids' heart. Why why QPR over over everyone else? <coughs> I don't know, Chris, if I'm honest. I just feel that... The florist. Yeah, Paul. I just think sometimes it's... um, I guess it's just made, I think. When Mm. I I come the first time, I explained this earlier, actually, when I did an interview this morning, that when I first come, the club was in transition in a certain way, that when I, I signed and was in the championship, just got relegated, still had big players and big money at the football club that was looking to go elsewhere. And when I come in, I was Charlie from Austin from Burnley, was a lesser name of what the what we had there. And because I started, I didn't start great. Let's be honest, I scored against Exeter. And then I didn't score my goal against Birmingham was until the back end, I think, of 
September, maybe, maybe even October, I'm not mm. sure. And um, But the fans just seemed to take to me. Now, I don't know if that was because I was a, a lesser name as such at that time and it was just someone that they could they could get behind. Um, that's what just pulled me through, I think. And I you, think, to be honest with you, Charlie, I think when you came, it wasn't like you weren't scoring goals. You were still posting games. You were still putting your head where it hurt. You were still trying to get in on the end of everything. And I think fans will always, always appreciate someone doing that. You didn't hide, put it like that. They were very different to anyone else that I've seen who's going through a barren badge. You were desperate to break it, but at the same time, you're desperate for the team to do well, which is unusual yeah, for a striker. Yeah, and I think the biggest the biggest one for you, remember we played Ipswich at home, 1-1-0, one, one Tom Hitchcock scored, yeah? Mm. Yeah. I think I felt like I had about 50 shots that day, right? And it just wouldn't yeah. go in. And even I remember to this day, Sean Wright Phillips cuts it back. I swing a left footer at it from about eight yards and Tom taps it in at the back post to make it 2-0. And it wasn't going in, it was going wide. And Tom taps it in to make it 1-0. And uh, that, I was obviously buzzing, we won. On the way home, I was thinking, is it ever going to happen? And then, enough behold, a couple of weeks later, I had a, a header about a yard out of Birmingham at home. And that was the, that was the start of it. And then this, this time round... Second debut, score, come on, score, stay on the pitch for about 50, 60 minutes, walk off yeah. again. Not a, not a bad start. No, not a bad start at all, Chris. And um, as no doubt we'll probably speak later, but because of the game and what it was coming, I was, I was excited and the second debut and it was, the club was completely different now to what it was when I was there there before and look I just wanted to go in and, and enjoy myself and that's what the manager said just go out there and enjoy yourself manage yourself through the game and let the opportunity come to put it in the back of the net and it just happened and look, I, was, I was delighted but more importantly we we got the win that that was much needed I think yeah what was I mean, it how, how did you how, what was the story about you coming back to Rangers Charlie what, what actually happened uh, I didn't get a phone call till Thursday afternoon just said the club was interested in if we could get a deal done with West Brom and yourselves, would you be interested? I said, yeah, absolutely. If we can get, get it done, I'll, I'll, I want to come back. Or if that, if that's obviously the, the way the club wants to go, as I'd see the situation, the club is a follow the club every week, like, a, like a fan when I left. And um, I said to my agent, look, let's get, let's get this done. The Friday, the ball went a bit quickly and moved on and on. And, all of a sudden, I was in Sam Aldice's office and he said, look, we're going to let you go down to, to QPR. You're going and going and enjoy your football again and, and, and score some goals for them. And that was it. Packed up my stuff and I was I was away. So it happened so fast. It wasn't something that was kept under wraps for, for so long. Like literally the moment it came out in the press was that was when it was when it was happening. It wasn't like it was a week, 10 days of build up. It was like, right, instant. This is happening. We're going to get it done. And. Um- Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong. So you're in the last six months of your contract with West Brom. Is yeah. that right? So, so yeah. effectively, you're not, I mean, you might, I suppose they could resign you, but you're not effectively yeah. going back to West Brom. Yeah. Has there been any discussion about this lasting longer than six months with the club? No, I just think it's, I, I feel like it's, uh, no, that's not been spoken about yet. Uh, and it's way too early for that. Well, of course, it is, it is way too early for that. I've come to succeed. I said before, I need to adapt to the to the situation that I'm in. Like I said, six months left of my contract. The the club have got six months to get themselves out of the the situation they are. Second half of the season, and we've started off with with two wins so far since I've come in. Um, so hopefully we can get out of that. And then who knows what the future holds? Do you know what I mean? I, I said before on the on a podcast for the Radio Five Live that off the field stuff is important now. Yes. I've travelled around and stuff, but my wife and my kids are settled in, in Berkshire where I live and I'm not, I don't have any plans to uproot any, anywhere anytime soon. So, like I said, who knows what will happen, but I've come back to the club to succeed and and if I if I succeed and the club succeeds, and then it's, it's going to be an exciting few months for us all. Well, I can guarantee one thing. If you do so, and you get loads of free flowers every week. Does that help? <laughs> I think the what wife the, would be sold on that one, Paul. Excellent. What, um, what what would you say? What's the difference between the club you left and the club club you came back? Oh, good to? question. Oh, uh, a lot, a lot of things. 
a lot a lot of things when i first come to the club i thought the training ground was massive i've come to a training ground now i think everything looks smaller <laughs> um now i don't know just everything i think the world of football has evolved and qpr was part of it evolving in a completely different direction to what what they was going at the start of if you look at it 2010 11 that was kind of the start of it 11 12 it was on an uphill curve and then it probably hit hit the rocks a little bit and stopped and it was well documented what was going on. And I, I went went away and come back and the, the lads that are there now are are younger, younger lads willing to learn, wanted to go on and prove themselves week in, week out. Whereas beforehand we had players that wanted to prove themselves week in, week out, but was already experienced pros. If that makes sense. Totally. And how are you getting on with the lads? Um, because for them, I suppose, you're a bit... I know it's only till the end of the season so far, but it's a bit of a marquee signing. They obviously, they must realise how popular you are with the fans. And I was just saying, it's not blowing too much smoke up your backside, but I was saying it has, it's lifted the fans, it's lifted the club. And players who were maybe not playing as well before, like Bond, for instance, mm. now looks a lot more lively. He got his, he's got his goal against Luton. Um, is that, was that fair to say? I know you're probably too modest to say that, but... Uh, I don't, uh, Chris, I... Uh, I think when I went in, when I went to the to meet the lads after the Fulham game, obviously I hadn't signed by them, but they had been well known Friday evening and Saturday. How much media attention or social media attention it was it was getting because it, it was it was crazy. And I just went in and, and spoke to the lads, and I, I just I was open with them and said, "Listen, I, I'm I've come here to to succeed. I've come here to help you. I'm here to help. The best way I can help you is on the pitch." Any of you's got anything to say to me and want to ring me or call me one to or pull me over one to one? Then look, I, I'm here. I'm here to help. Don't think I'm here to in any other way. This ain't like a anyone bringing me back to make get us get the fans on side. Look, I'm here to be the footballer. I'm here to do the business for the football club. You know, and and I think they respected that more than more than anything. I come in on the Monday and trained, and uh, ever since ever since then it's. It's been smooth sailing. And are you, I mean, because one thing that's been levelled at the team this season is that we're quite a quiet team. We don't <laughs> go to the referee much. We don't appeal anything. And you know, with the greatest respect, you're sort of maybe the polar opposite to that. <laughs> and it seems quite evident that you're having an effect on the on the pitch as well, like a, a voice, a, a rally. I mean, the, the thing is, Chris, what it happens is, I think it's a, this is means in any way of life. And so when you get one person that comes in, and acts that way, but in a in a sensible way, in a in a direct manner. That's not too much. It only takes one or two players to go. Oh, I like that. I'm going to get involved in that. Then there's three. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, a couple more. And then all of a sudden, you've you've got 10, 11 players that are like, well, I'm going to fight. All of a sudden, you, the squad's evolved in the space of a month that you that you didn't expect. You know. Um, we are a quiet team, but. They are, you've got to remember, they are young lads and some of them are inexperienced. Do you know mm. what I mean? This is probably their first or second real season and, and you, it does take that bit to grow. I didn't become that person until I actually moved to QPR and, and it was halfway through the first season at championship level and I'd have played over 100 league games by then. So it does it does take time. Just weird, it's something we, we spoke to Sean Derry last week, Charlie, and it was something that he was very vocal about and myself and him, well, actually all of us were said, kids don't really get a chance these days. You know what I mean? People forget that, you know, 25, 50 games is nothing really, is it, in, in, in your career? But your kids are supposed to come in and buy 10 or 11 games, cemented a place, being the, yeah. the best player in the park and whatever. There's a lot of pressure on kids these days. It's, it's quite scary. Yes, yeah, so there is a lot of pressure. And the thing is, too much, too young, or do they get the chance? The problem is when they come in, and if they don't do the business pool in the first couple of games, everyone's like, well, why are we playing him? Why, mm. why are we playing him when there's someone else? That's a sad thing. But the QPR and the, the way they're going at the moment, it's very, we're, this is the way we're going. We're going to cement a couple of senior players in. Myself have come into the club. Jeff's at the club. Todd Kane's 27, but still one of the, do you know what I mean? One of the senior lads, Albert Adoma. Um, and then we're going to we're going to use the young lads and bring them on. And then you look at Don Ball, Rob Dickey, they, they've got their big, their experience in their own right. 
Um, and all of a sudden, that's going. That's even without mentioning Lee Wallace as well. You know, who, who's hopefully be back very soon. Um, two players that I think I can say we've probably <laughs> over relied on and need some help, but you maybe can't. Um, are oh. the two strikers, um, <laughs> Lyndon Dykes, Mac Bond? How have you settled into working with them, and what do you make of those two guys? Very honest, very honest uh, players. Um, I spoke to Lynn after the game yesterday and just said to him, listen, mate, he, he works his socks off. Nobody can fault his his work effort. I thought I'll back him 100%. And I said to him, mate, no matter what, the ball was going to fall to you at one stage and you're just going to be in the right place at the right time to tap it in, mate. That's what's going to happen. But the goals will come. You keep performing the way you are, the goals are going to come. And I, I said to Maka, because obviously I come in and took Maka, not took Maka's place, that's not, I don't mean that. I played instead of Maka. And um, and I still speak to him on a daily basis. And he, he, to be fair, he spoke to me on the, he won't mind me saying this, I know he won't, on the Saturday evening after the Fulham Fulham game, I was driving home and he, he just messaged me out the blue saying, can we have a chat? No problem. And he just said to me, look, I just feel any time in your career, did you feel like you was going for a spell where it wasn't quite happening for you? And I just said to him, yeah, of course. When I was at Southampton a couple of times, when I wasn't playing. I said, look, I come through Swindon where I was scoring and Burnley and the QPR. And he said, yeah, I was doing that. Late Orient scoring. Then Charlton, I was scoring. I started scoring for QPR. Then I just stopped. And then I just said to him, look, do you still do the same things you was doing then? Repetition, repetition. He said, oh, oh. I said, well, there you go, mate. There's your there's probably one of the things that you need to start doing again. What was working for you then that you're not working now? And he said, oh, I was probably doing more shooting. Well, there you go then, mate. Do you know what I mean? Do a bit more of that. And that, and that that's just the way it and is. And then he scored. Yeah. And then he scored. Go on, Chris. Uh, yeah, last night's game, um, I just wanted to, your goal that was disallowed, we were sort of scratching our heads a bit there, especially looking back at it. What, what did you make of that? He gave it for high foot, which I was very surprised for. It did hit my arm. It did hit my arm. Listen, it, it was there. I just went in to smash, smash it in and it just floated up. Winning. So I was surprised that he'd um, he'd give a foul and not for handball as such. Well, I don't even think he realised I handballed it. He just thinks that I've obviously, it was dangerous play, which I was quite bemused for. But um, it'd have been Sorry. nice to score. Am I putting you off? No, of course. No problem. Sorry. This is George, my son, who wanted to say hello. But you are right, putting off the answer. Oh, oh he said hello. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what Sorry. I would like to have done. I'd have liked it to have been my 50th goal, that's for sure. That cost me 30 quid or something in my bet. <laughs> I had you down the score. I was reading that referee. couple of my mates, I, I was on for 11 to 2, so they told me. But... Um, Shocking. Yeah, but but not, more importantly, I mean, it was for my 50th goal. So that's what I would have... Uh, I want to get that as soon as possible. But Sean, I mean, it's getting, it's getting ridiculous though, isn't it? I mean, how in the hell, in God's name, all right, maybe you did handle it, you know, yeah. accidental, of course. But yeah. how in the hell is that defined as a, as a, as a, as a high foot? Because it wasn't even volley height, was it? Let's be honest. No, that's what I mean. And the problem you got is... is I said to him after the, the right back, I said, I kick you. He said, no, no, no. He said, but I put my head down there. And he was always going to give a give a foul. And the, <laughs> that's that's the way the game's going. The refs are going like that. And and look, it is what it is, but it never cost us nothing. Chris Willett scored a great goal about 10 minutes later and we won 1-0. So it, other than that, the only thing we can moan about is I didn't get my 50th goal last night, but we come away <laughs> with three points. So that was the more important thing, you know. But there's always Derby. Exactly. I'd like to get it, like I said, I'd like to get it as soon as possible because if I can get it before 100 games, 50 and 90, 50 goals in 92 games it'll be if I score at the weekend. That's uh, that's be some achievement. And the last time you played for us against Derby was a slightly more memorable occasion. Mm. I know, yeah. Bob scored right at the end. That was that was incredible. That That's... Um, that was... In, I don't know. That's, that's hard to speak about because it... On certain ways, it was just an incredible, incredible afternoon as a as a player to be a part of it. To the highs and Gaz getting sent off and then scoring right at the end. Oh, it was just a roller coaster, but one I'm delighted we was on the winning side for. Yeah, it was amazing being there as fans. So God knows what it was like to actually be on that pitch and walking up those steps. Yeah, no, it is incredible. Everybody's dreams to walk up them steps and and to do it and. Um, 
oh, it was just amazing. Capped off an incredible year. When, um, when you were playing, sorry, um, dear, when you were playing, did any point you think we're going to get absolutely battered here? And then when we scored that goal, did it all just... I, was, I, think, I, I, I don't think we needed to think it, Paul, because after Gaz got sent off, we was getting battered all over the place. So I think Greedy was <laughs> making saves. Richard Dunn was heading it absolutely everywhere. Nade and the back four was incredible. So you just knew one chance. Let's just get one chance. But we couldn't even get near their fucking box. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, the ball bounced and Bob whipped one in. It was just... It was an incredible moment for the 40,000 fans that were there and everybody involved in the football club. So, talking of fans, we've had loads of questions for you on Twitter. And Aaron, Aaron... Uh, uh, I did Rawlinson just see before I come on. Makes a really good point, which is you may not play in front of any fans in this spell. And how... Yeah. Compare, compare days like that at Wembley to the fact that you may not see a fan, is how, how does that affect things? And are you feeling the love that there is from the fans for you this time around because of that? Well, and they can't give me no more love. Like the fans can't give me no more love from what I've received from them over social media. Not just me, but my, my wife and, yeah. and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I can't do it. They can't do enough. They can't do enough for me. Or would I love them to be in, a, in, the, in the Loftus Road at the weekend? Of course would. Did I say to Moz the way it's going, we'd have sold it out of the weekend. Like that, yeah. that's what the job. I mean, that's that's sad. The day I signed would have been incredible there, even though it was a poor result for them. And, and we obviously we lost, but to get that reaction from the fans that I see on the internet was was insane. And um, would I like them to be the? Yeah, of course I would. But am I am I enjoying the the other side of it? They can't do no more for me. So yeah. um, I, on the other side of it, I am feeling the effect from them. Thing is, you'd have your song all to yourself this time as well with no Nico Crenshaw there. I know. I did. Have, someone did message saying the Senny thing. Senny, 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 something like that. Yeah. Well, well, what, what about that last night? That performance by Senny. We're Senny. sort of all saying, "Where's this guy come from?" I don't know. He's just. He's. He's just. It was unbelievable last night. Save after saving. When Wilson takes a free kick, Joe Lumley sat behind me. You know, I get on really well with because he was obviously there when I was was there the first time, and I said, "Lummis, this goes on target. He's he's got a little chance to score in there." And he went, "If he goes goalie size, he'll save it." I said, "You sure?" He said, "Yeah, yeah save that. Boom, save." It just I wouldn't want to be a goalie, but he made save after save last night, and you just knew he was putting performances in that was deserved to be on a winning team. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and that's what it is and I think do you know what not only last night but I think the lads that I found that have been in when I've come in they've said a lot of times all we've been missing is putting the ball in the net and that's it I've been away from our performances um, and I said well look if we can get over that and get the ball in the net surely we're going to grow as grow in confidence in the team and we're going to push forward and look like I said we've we've gone two and two let's not get ahead of ourselves but we can't we, we, we can only do as much as we can so far it's a weird one because we were just saying that, weren't we, Chris and, and dear, that, that it's really weird. You've lifted everyone, Dickie, Barbet, because we were under pressure so much because we weren't able to take our chances. We weren't, we were creating chances, but they were going left, right, and centre and down the Oxford Road or whatever. And it's just amazing. One player comes in, like that Luton guy, when you scored the goal, was trying to kill you. And you stood your ground, you weren't moving, and you were just like focused. And it's just lifted yeah. everyone so much. It's, I would not, if someone said to me, we're going to sign one player and it's going to change your season, all right, it's two games. But don't forget before that, Charlie, we couldn't hit a, bar, a barn door with a tank. So it's yeah. the confidence it's gave everyone is frigging amazing. I know it's um, it's been crazy as I just I have felt the lift from at the training ground from from the lads that like just given them a little bit more of a buzz and the demand in training's probably gone up more because they think oh we need to do a bit do a bit better or give us a give a bit more inside but then the fans obviously I see last night just saying that someone messaged me like on Twitter just put and I see saying I can't believe the the difference that you've you've made to the to the fans and to the to the team and it was a master stroke from the board to bring me back yeah, it's brilliant. And your wife's certainly been happy on Twitter. I think the kids kids look very happy in their new shirt. I love it, don't they? They love it. Bless <laughs> them. Bless them. My little girl, Ava, she's not so little now. She's nine, but she got the one, the first one with the AirAsia one, and now she's got this one. Bless uh, her. But no, there, she's so happy. And I think 
difficult when you come when you come home from from work and you're not so not so happy and you're in a different mood to to the way I've been from so the last six months to what I've been for the last ten days I've been a completely different person. Yeah, I bet. Mate. Very I bet. Um, does I know, does, go on, sorry, sorry. Talking of shirts, because I know um, the club will want yeah. to mention this. Yes. You have you're giving away your shirt that you wore on against Luton. Right? I am, yeah. Um, do you know what? I'd love to take all the credit. I really would, right? I <laughs> really it. would. Just no, no, it. I would, because I can't. No one else. It was Bianca's idea, right? She said to me... Ugh. This is, this is said, your good lady. Yeah, my good lady. She said to me, she said, um, sh we should donate your shirt. And I said, okay. Like you went for, I said, okay, like, where should we... Like who should we do it for and stuff like that? And we, and we but then we both looking for stuff. And I said, well, let's just do. It. And I said, let's do it for the Kind Prince Foundation. It's close to the football club's heart, it's named after the stadium's now named there. Um, so look, mm. let, let's go for it. We were trying to work out what what it was. Should we auction it? Should we raffle it? And I went to the down to the point of we agreed let's raffle it. So everybody has a chance to to buy it, not just someone with the deepest pockets five pound a ticket um and it gives an opportunity for every qpr fan to to buy one ticket or buy as many tickets they want but everybody was in a chance to buy a ticket for a fiver so i think it's a great great idea that she came up with and i'm i'm really Very pleased how, how it's going so far you're you're swiftly turning into the second most popular person with qpr fans in your household i think i know yeah <laughs> i know she is taking that mantle mate she is but honestly i'm so i can't believe i think when i spoke to mozo it's it's up to a nice amount at the moment would i like to get a bit more yeah of course i would because it's for a great cause um it's only five pound a ticket like i said if we could sell more it, it'd be great um so that's all on the qpr that's all on the club website i think it's on the news homepage. so yeah it's all yeah it's all on win charlie's shirt so that's it and it's on till next thursday i think till 8, 8 p.m next thursday Charlie, can I ask you one question? I'm sure I've asked you this before. I'm going to ask you yep. again. Is there any chance you can play for frigging Northern Ireland? Because we need a frigging striker badly. I know, Paul. Do you know what? It's mad. Like throughout your career, you know, when you're thinking, oh, it's not really going to, it might not happen with England, although as close as that you whatever, it wasn't. You think, what? That's just, just, Dad, are we any Scottish, any Welsh, any <laughs> Irish, any Northern Ireland? No, son, just English. That was it, <laughs> mate. So unfortunately, that's it. I, I can put a good word in with Barraclough. I mean, Tony <laughs> Cascarino, for God's sake. I mean, you know, you didn't I mean know, there. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, you think that's the one thing you've missed more than anything, Charlie, is putting the, the country shirt on in a serious thing? Because that season that you scored 18 in the Premiership for a struggling side, I thought you were definitely going to have a chance of getting an international cap. That was disappointing. Yeah, I think that would be my only disappointing thing in there throughout my career, if you look at it, not to get an England cap. But if that's the only thing I've got to moan about, Paul, then... But you were top scorer, you were top English scorer that season, weren't you? I know, and only Diego Costa, who Chelsea, Sergio Aguero as Man City, and Sanchez for Arsenal. Okay. I think was the, was the three in front, um, and then three. I think they, I think there was one, two, three, and obviously we was where we was, you know. So it was just one of them. Look, was I disappointed? Of course I was. Deep down, of course I just one minute just to get a cap. It'd be unbelievable, but it wasn't meant to be, I guess, Paul and. and it is what it is, Charlie. I'm conscious that you've we've got to, we've taken up a lot of your time. Just before we go, one of those silly questions: if you could, if you have one player from your, your your former team, the glory days at QPR, winning the uh, winning the playoff final in the Premier League, one player from that team you could transport into this team, who would it be? Ali Fallen, <laughs> Charlie. I, I spoke to Ali earlier, actually. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question because we was a good. We was a good team. Do you know what I mean? We was a good team. Um, I have to bring Joey back. Really? For, yeah. for me, I'd bring Joey back. He brings something. He brings something um, that only people in the dressing room would would know. You can. You have to cut out the the other stuff that the news or whatever wants to wants to find. For, but for me, I just thought he got at the time he got the best out of me. So that's why I would. That's why I'd bring him back for for a selfish point of view for me. I, I know this was the last question, but because you said that, I feel I have to ask this follow up, which is to call out what everyone is thinking. 
There has not been, never been a player, particularly in the last 10 years of QPR, where you take the views of the players he played with and compare them to the views of the fans, and they are so different. They are so miles apart. Because if you ask okay. any, if you asked any fan who they who would be top of the list to never come back, yeah. well, you probably know the end of that sentence. So, like, what I'm saying to you is make the case for Joey Barton and why he keeps coming up on the list of the players he played with. Because you can only you only hear about what what you want to hear. That's my opinion. You guys only get fed what is in the news. Same as what we are at the moment. We only find out about COVID because unless you know about someone that's real close to you and your, your family, you we only see it every day on the news, don't we? You guys don't see what we see inside the change room on the trainer pitch. So that's why I think a lot of players respect Joey and respect what he brings to every team that he's involved in. Fair play. Fair enough. It's an interesting one, though. He does... He does divide people. There's no two ways about of it. Of course, Paul. You know, but yourself, Clint, and Sean have absolutely, to be fair to you, is you've, you've, you've stuck up for him. And it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that because, you know, you've got to listen to people like yourselves and, and take that on board, no matter what we think. You guys played with them. Yeah, and I think, yeah. do you know, that, that, goes, that goes with a lot of people, though. But I think a lot of people would say that about me. I think it divides opinion that... Not obviously at the QPR. I don't think it anyway. I don't think anyone have a bad word about me, apart from the lady that come for me on Twitter said, "Don't sign him in a relegation battle. He's overweight. Oh, yeah. This, that, and the other." Who, who is who is one of our podcasters who does? Do yeah, who podcast? I know. Who is, I've, who is it? I know who, who it is. Tonight? Yeah, yeah. What well, a, what a surprise! What you mean? What? No, well. Look, at least uh, to be fair, well, hang on, hang we, we... was that is is it previous there, Charlie? Is it something we didn't know about? Or no, no, it's well documented out there. The the, the lady that uh, said what she did about not signing me, but everyone's everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that is that is why we have these debates and have these podcasts and have football, and that that is that is what it's about. To be fair, if, if Flo was here, I'm sure she'd turn around and say she's happily eating her words because there's nothing better. I think personally, when I do a podcast. And I get it wrong. I'll eat humble pie all friggin' oh, day. And friggin I think, do you know what, Paul? I think that that is the the best thing. The way it is is because if you don't, you be, it doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you do something wrong, you almost got to go. Yeah, I said it. I messed. I do you know what I mean? I'll eat the humble pie. So all day long, you have to. And and in, and in fairness, it's 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 from my point of view, Charlie. I'm always worried about bringing people back. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because mm. I like I love the fact that people are on a certain pedestal and they deserve to be there. You deserve that pedestal. And when they come back, you don't want anything to ruin that, you know, be it as a manager, be oh. it as a coach. Paul, I couldn't agree anymore. That was that, but I was that did that cross my mind? Yeah, of course it did. Did I want to come back and ruin what I'd done the first time? Do you know what I mean? Of course, do I want to ruin that? But I thought, no, do you know what? I back my ability, go there and, and be the person that I've become, be the be the footballer that that I've evolved into, be the be the person I have. And that's why I thought, right, me and QPR just seem to go together and I want to succeed. I want to succeed with this good football club, this great football club. And and I think sometimes it's just meant to be. A, and me and QPR I feel that that are meant to be, yeah. Love it. Nice one, mate. And uh Non QPR, but did you enjoy the park life uh, mock up uh, from your interview? I know, <laughs> crazy, wasn't it? That was mad. Um, I did enjoy that. Yeah, um, the guy actually messaged me the following day and said, "Oh, I can't." Who actually done it? Then he said someone stole it from him or something like that, and that ended up getting three million hits on Twitter or, or something along no. them lines. But it was crazy. It was almost like you know when you come off the pitch and something's just happened. To you imagine, <laughs> imagine, right? Then I could explain it. You have road rage, yeah. Someone cuts you up in the car, then all of a sudden you've got the microphone in your mouth, and then you're just having that thirty second rant about the the the, the cars just cut you up. I've just come off the pitch, and I'll obviously the cost us a goal. They put a microphone in my face, and then I've just gone on a a minute and thirty second rant. <laughs> Park life. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, mate. Nice one, Charlie. No, thank no you problem, so chaps. much. And thank yeah, you for no the lift. And good no luck problem. for the rest of the season. And welcome home, big man. Thank you, guys. You take care, all right? You take care. Cheers, take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Not a man who waves at the end of Zoom calls. Which is unusual. <laughs> Do normally people wave then? I never wave. Yeah, I just he didn't wave. Yeah, he, I didn't wave. Like... he didn't wave. Um, that was good. That was very good. Yeah, very good. I guess uh, we've got this. I guess the, um, the. I was trying to figure out what the flow thing was, but yeah, he took it in good spirit. That's fine. Because people are going to say, I was going to actually ask about that, but you know, you know what it's like, David. We're going to get trolled over this, whatever happens. So, do you know what? Like, everybody that and not many people but but there was a bit of criticism over it i disagreed with flo i told flo i disagreed with her you mm. know, we're all capable of doing that without things getting abusive and the way that charlie mentioned it there and it obviously bothered him but he mentioned it in a perfectly respectful and fair way and that's how to deal with it so well i think flo's probably probably um Probably earned us three points. Maybe that, uh, maybe that fired him up to score the goal. And like First team talk ever. Yeah. But it, I think, I mean, like I said, the, the, you know, you do worry that we do it a lot, don't we? We brought Jerry Francis back the second time and it didn't work. And it kind of sold his memory to what he'd done the first time, London's top club and everything else. So it took a few years to repair that, you know, when you, you get, but it is difficult because the answer at QPR is every time you're in trouble, bring someone from the past back. Do you know what I mean? But this mm. has gone better than you could even, have, there's no way. So we far, can so far, the, well, like, like, wait, wait. I, I agree, and I'm very hopeful, yeah. but it is, it is eight, whatever it is, 10 days in. Um, it's 10 yeah. days in, but, but but you know, we're 10 months in, and we've got two more wins than we had. Yeah, and the thing is, I think you know, the thing is, I, I didn't particularly agree with Flo either, but I think there's ways and means of, of dealing with it. Some of the some of the flack she took, I think, was a bit, was a bit harsh, and you know, she. We all make if you if you if you could you know call up some of the things I've said on this podcast from years ago as about certain players and didn't think they'd succeed and then they'll score a hat trick next game or something. We've all done it, haven't we? You know, of course. But that's why podcasts are brilliant because at the end of the day, it's fans. We're going to get things right. We're going to get things wrong. I've talked shite for eleven years in this podcast, <laughs> and I will I will do so for as long as I've got a microphone near me. But you know what? We don't claim to be professionals. We never will be, and it's fans. And sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we make big whoppers. But you have to own the whoppers. And I think she's done that, and that's fine. Right. Need to move on. We Before we go to the RZM, we need to talk about Bright. Also, mm. Samuel is off. He's going to Fenerbahce. He's going at the end of the season. We, we understand there are moves, negotiations from the club. Well, they put this on the website. They're trying to see if they want, if they will take him early. Otherwise, it looks very much like Mark Warburton will freeze him out and not play him. I'll give my opinion on it first. I I'm I I treat footballers like they are normal people. And in the normal world, if you have a contract and honor it and then go and do something else, I think that's fair enough. Did has Bright done like the best done amazingly for us, the best by us? Well you can't say he's done quite what someone like Eze's done, of course he hasn't. But he's had a contract and he's fulfilled it and he's given us great moments. And you even go back two weeks ago against Norwich, he obviously knew he was leaving. He was fairly committed. He won us a penalty. He scored a penalty. Like, I, I can't have too many problems with it. I don't agree with the freezing him out thing. I don't agree with the freezing him out, but at the same time agree, play Willock, play Adoma ahead of him. But don't cut off your nose to spite your face. If there comes a point where we need him, play him that has to make this massive statement that he's not going to play um and also I, I don't think it works Warburton did it with Manning he did it with Lumley like the players are not taking any notice of it and I slightly worry that other players who may be out of contract next year will be seeing this and thinking I don't like the way this whole situation is being managed I think the Manning situation was a bit different I mean he's from what I can understand that that the whole signing the pre-contract with Fenerbahce that the club sort of found out at the same time as everybody else. That was the... That, but, that... How I, but I've left jobs and not told them what I'm doing until I'm actually obliged to do it. So why does a footballer need to? But the thing is, it, see, I'm, I'm sort of with you as well. I mean, my initial thing was, yeah, we should, we should still keep playing him. He's one of our best assets. He might save us from relegation. He might fire us a bit more up the table. Why not? I mean, there is obviously, the, you know, the situation where... He might be have it on his mind, thinking I don't particularly want to get injured. It's a bit of a weird situation when you know you're definitely going to a specific club in six months' time, five months' time, whatever it is. Um, 
that's why I think it's, it's almost like a unique situation for us, you know. Um, I, I think the best solution would be to get for the club to negotiate a deal with Fenerbahce, get as much as we can from him, you know, same as Manning went for 250 grand or whatever it is, get him off the wage bill and like you say, play, play Willock, play Willock more. But if we have a situation where we have got until the end of the season, then I think as and when it's needed, we should, we should play him. I think so. It's a tricky one. I, I, I kind of see it from, try and see it from all ends. It's a shame we didn't tie up the contract. I mean, it's been negotiating with him for a couple of years um, and we would have got more money. Um, it's a shame how he left. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth, especially after the horrible racist incident he had when the fans really backed him, and which we would do and should do, even regardless of this. Um, and I think the most frustrating thing is we get nothing for him, and he's a talent. And the reality is, he'll be back in England in about two or three years, probably worth a lot more than than we would have got from. And it's it's sad, and um, it's just just means obviously when he comes back, he's going to get booed. Only Les, the manager, and Brighton know what went wrong. And but regarding not playing him, he set the example with uh, Manning. You know, when you say you're not going to play anyone when they don't sign a contract, you've got to do that with everyone. Otherwise, you've got to look a little bit weak and it, it undermines your position. So I think you had no choice but to take him out. That's my personal opinion. Well, it was the right thing not to do. But you then he didn't do that away. with Bright, though. He didn't do that with Bright. I mean, Bright was in the same situation. He hadn't he hadn't signed a contract. They were negotiating, mm. and he has played him. So they were mm. just two special cases. I think Manning's in some ways was was even worse, really, because when I said at the time, in, in you know, he was playing for the under twenty threes, scored a few goals, set a few up, looked totally committed, and yeah, I mean, uh, but maybe Bright was on the, giving the club the impression that he might sign. It wasn't done and dusted, and maybe Manning just said, "Look, unless you offer me the contract now under these terms, I'm off." And that was a different. We don't know, do we? Let's be honest, we're speculating. But it, it also goes back to the you know the situation. Why did we get in this situation in the first place? I mean, why were they allowed to to, to be within a year of their contract before we started negotiating? Mm, good point. Um, are we really? Are we really like? I know. I I know it's slightly rhetorical me asking this, but are we really begrudging Bright this move? They're second uh, in Turkey. Are yeah, no. You're playing the Champions League next year. It's if you're a footballer who doesn't support QPR, right, like no. we do, then this is a no-brainer move. It's a massive and, move up from his I point mean, you of could, view. I mean, you could argue we did the same to Blackpool as what's happened to us. You could argue that to a certain yeah. degree as well. Um, but, yeah, it's just as a point because we've contributed to his development, we've paid his wages, we've paid his transfer fees, so you can see financially the club want to benefit from it. The player, does he owe QPR or anything? He'll probably say no. They've benefited through him playing well. You're never going to get a yes or no on this, but it's just a shame that he leaves of us not getting very much in return. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think, I think the problem lies in, like I said earlier, the fact that he signed this pre-contract deal and it's all been announced. I'd rather him have just said, "Look, I, I can't agree a new deal. Um, I'm going to be off in the summer. Um, I know you're not going to make anything on me, but I will be. I will give it my all. I'll be committed. I, you know, I want to keep, keep help QPR for as long as I can, or um, you know, get into a get into a bidding war in the in, in January. But like you say, it's it's well, I'm sure it's his agent who's driving it more than he is, let's be fair. It's probably not it's probably not bright so much. But there and but there's also the situation where we, we could have got four point seven million off Bruges for him. Mm. And obviously it's his prerogative, but he's decided he didn't want that. And you know, at the, at the end of it all, like like you say, it does leave a bit of bitter taste in the mouth because um we, we're gonna get nothing or next to nothing for him. And if Warburton sticks to his word, we're not even going to see him play again. Yeah. But well, then again, if Willock can use it to his advantage. Oh, yeah. Become, you know, 100%. You know, it, it's one door shuts and all that. You know what I mean? One door shuts, one opens. And judging by last night, Willock needed that 90 minutes under his belt. And, and let's see what he can do because there's a, there's a good player in there, to be well, fair. Exactly. And, and if, if we can get Bright off the wage, but if we can agree, with, it's wages as much as anything else. I don't, I don't think it will, Chris. I don't think if, they will. Okay, but if we could, then you can use the wages we're playing here to bring to, to bring in somebody else on loan who we need, yeah. like a central midfielder who we we're crying out for, you know, maybe maybe a fullback, um, you know, and then and then we get you know may get a bit of dosh for him as well. I think that'd be best best. If we program. don't, but if we don't, I don't know what he earns, but let's call it ten grand a week. Could be wrong, but if it's ten grand a week, that's half a million quid we're paying in between now and the end of the season. Don't. 
don't don't ha- have this ridiculous hill that you want to die on that you're not playing you're not going to play him at all you'll yeah. pay him half a million quid but not play him if that transpires that he stays use him when you need to which we 100%. at some point will um I think that this idea is quickly. I think that issue will arise if we're at the wrong end of the table. If we go, oh, well, we are now. He won't play. Well, if then you won't struggling. need him. But, that, yeah. but then you won't need him. But don't make some big gesture and statement now that that's it, and you're not okay. going to play him. Is what I would say. Um, I, I yeah, as I know, I sort of always do this, but I do have to go shortly. Uh, R's end stuff. Okay, um, I'll, give, I'll give a shout on. out to um guy called Gary who's a painter and believe it or not he spent all day paint Gary has been painting our banisters um, <laughs> which is uh, which was uh, which was quite a lovely um, a lovely twist um, and he's sort of uh, he, he's West London boy he's not a massive football fan but he, uh, he he saw the funny side of that as well so thanks Gary Gary painting your banister and yeah yeah have you had a bloke called Lee come to cook for you no I haven't actually no and no, I haven't. And I could go on, but I, we, we, we'll be boring people. But feel free to think of your own QPR player stroke occupation puns. Okay. I won't Ooh. do something around Charlie and Austin. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, Tim, Tim Flores wants a coach. Yeah. I'm going to, my hour's end is I'm being very. Tim Flowers, yeah, good. My, he's Barnet manager now, isn't he? Is he Barnet manager? No idea, right? mate. I've no interest um, in Barnet. My, my. You must have spent the rest then. of time for saying the, the number of times you've said flowers on this podcast tonight. I'm out. My, my R's end is I'm going to be very kind to the QPR players and say I can't believe how many of them live with hairdressers. Um, <laughs> Because bless him, Charlie Austin clearly lives with a hairdresser. Um, Jeff Cameron clearly lives with a hairdresser, um, and many others. I think Rob Dickey also looked like he lived with a hairdresser. Um, <laughs> the club are generally quite good about warning players about things like this. I think if you follow the PR trajectory of footballers being blamed for wider societal problems in the pandemic and last week they were banging on to footballers about uh, celebrating goals the next thing will be around footballers having haircuts which seems to which is obviously not allowed and seems to be rife and rampant so i want to live with a hairdresser like it looks like most of the qpr squad do yeah finney should definitely have a hairdresser moving i think you're not wrong i've got a wee tufty bit at the front and the favorite very little at the back it's very strange but what the hell or fin fin well, do you know what, but do you know what, Chris? Because I've never been cool or good looking, it doesn't really bother me. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy being the ugly soul that I am with a tin tin type haircut. I know. Oh, your surname is actually. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, surname well. Your surname is actually French for Finnish, isn't it? That's, no, it's Irish. It's, it comes something. from Phil Finn McCool from Ireland. I'm saying Finney. Finney is. Um, is it French for Finnish? No, uh, it's, Irish. <laughs> it's, it's Irish. Now I'm yeah. doubting myself. Um, no. Draw Look us to a Finney. Draw us to a Finney. Well, my, my, do you know what? My eyes are just very simple. I'm just so pleased for the fans that we're winning again. It's been an awful season and seeing everyone really happy on, on various forms of social media and messaging and everyone's got a lift again. It's just freaking brilliant. There's been a lot of depressing months and suddenly the, the light is there as a glimmer and um, I'm loving it. Well, this is That's it. Right? Like I said, it's all down to the fact we haven't been out to Finney for the last few games, and now we've got someone who can. So, very good. I like it. <laughs> I like it, Chris. Well, by the way, Chris, you've had a haircut, and I know yours is homemade because <laughs> there's no way you'd pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, can you just come in a minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, you, you're dead right, mate. You're dead right. I did. I did actually have. Um, a load of which well, she had done the, the neck hair, and I was I had to do an um, interview for work, and I suddenly sort of glimpsed myself, and it looks like I got a mullet at the back, so I had to whip that off before I came on tonight. Did you look like your man from the Frankenstein Carry On films? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> so brilliant. Listen, and you know what? It's Derby Saturday, isn't it, David? So yeah. you know, it's funny. Wouldn't it be great to put nine points between us and them, and um, just just push them a wee bit away from us, and for Charlie to get his fiftieth goal. Yeah, last I'm going for a goal in 89. Oh, I want to get the second right now. 
I can't remember what the seconds were. 89 minutes and... 50... I think was it 50 or 54. Yeah, I, th- I think... I know that... I know that... Um, Edgeboro Hoop has a tattoo on his arm because he got it done near me. And I said to him, what's that on your arm? And he went, Finney, really? And I went, oh, shit, really? That's embarrassing. <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah, Andrew, that's it. Andrew, yeah, so... Andrew. But you know what? Going back to that very, very, very quickly before we go... That's the only time in my whole life is I've actually thought to myself, my God, we can't fix this up. We've won. That's the only time ever when we've scored. I was like, there's no time. Ah, brilliant. Well, we didn't. I, I, you know, everyone was, you, you weren't thinking, everyone was in such delirium at that stage. You weren't really thinking, oh, we can, we, there wasn't time to, to, to think we could mess this up, was there? Really? Oh, you don't know me. Very good. Right. Same time next week. Prediction. No, it won't be the same time. We always do it on a different day. But, but um, also, can I just thank at my R's end, Paul Morrissey for helping. Your R's end, you definitely I've forgotten. Paul Morrissey's give us Charlie this week, and I think that's brilliant. And um, thank you, Paul. Definitely, <laughs> like you say that, mate. Yeah. Thanks for the Charlie. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you, Paul. All right, chaps, have a good week. And Derby, yeah, I'll go. If we are doing predictions, I'm going to go two nil. Yeah, I'm going to one Rangers. I am a bit less confident because they seem to. He's got quite talismanic qualities for them, Rooney, at the moment. I mean, he had no. When they play Rotherham. I know, I know, but they won last night, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say 1 1. Okay. Okay, right. Thank you. Brilliant podcast. Even if I say so myself, Charlie was excellent. We managed to press record at the right time, hopefully. Um, This has been Open All Ours. Thanks very much for listening.